Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Open with me to Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5. How many of you have been experiencing the healing power of Jesus Christ? Amen. I I know there are more testimonies than I have heard, but there are miracles of healing that are happening for God's people. Because that's the kind of God we serve. That's also what makes him holy, exclusive. No other God heals like our God. No other God saves like our God. How many of you tried to save yourself? And you kept backsliding and you went to every church that had a steeple. But it wasn't until God saved you that you got saved. (laughs) Oh, I feel like running already. It wasn't until God saved you that you got saved. Because when God saves, he saves for real. Amen. Isaiah 53, verse number 5. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Begin. But he was wounded for our transgressions. And was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let's pray together. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you that every word you say is true. Not one jot, not one tittle, not one period or comma will be removed until all is fulfilled. We are here this morning in this sanctuary and other places with full attention given to you because you're God and your word is true. Manifest the truth of your word as we by faith receive your word. Do only what you can do. Save, heal, deliver, and set free. Bless your people today immensely by your power is my prayer, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, bless your hearts. You may be seated in the sanctuary. I'm going to continue the teaching, uh, Christ the Healer, because it's necessary and because I was told to. This morning, we're going to talk about the fact that Christ bore our sins. Somebody say that with me. Christ bore our sins. Again, please. Christ bore our sins. One more time. Christ bore our sins. Amen. He bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses. He bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses. It's been easy over the centuries and millennia for people of faith to believe that Christ bore our sins. It's been easy to, to believe that once we accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, that we're no longer sinners. It's easy to believe that. And, and, and one, one very powerful reason it's easy to believe that is because once you and I found out what it meant to be a sinner, we didn't want to be one. <laughs> yeah, it's easy not to, to, to believe Christ died for our sins because I don't want to be a sinner. It's easy to believe for something that you want that's favorable. Okay, let me wake you up real quick. It's easy to believe you can have some barbecue. 
because you did all that shopping and cooking. Because you bought what you liked. You didn't buy anything you don't want to eat. So it's easy to believe you're going to eat it because you like it and it's accessible to you. Well, that's the way salvation is. Salvation is favorable. And it's accessible. So no one that's unsaved should leave unsaved. Because salvation is favorable and accessible. You can be saved because Jesus still still saves. Um, by, by show of hands, I know I can't see you at, at home or wherever you're watching, but, but in, in the sanctuary, if you're glad that Jesus didn't stop saving when he left, raise your hand. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Jesus, because I wasn't born. I didn't have a chance. I wouldn't, we, none of us would stand a chance. But because he still saves, ooh, I feel it. Man, I feel something happening already. Because he still saves. Well, my brothers and my sisters, the same Jesus that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement, his punishment was, that was put on him belonged to us, that by his stripes were healed. The same Jesus that saved you is the same Jesus that heals you. So we need to begin to change how we think so that just as accessible as salvation always has been, healing will become to you. You need to know that in this atmosphere, you can be saved. No matter what you have done. You, 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 please. No matter what you have done, you can be saved. Just like no matter what you, we have done and we can still be saved. No matter what the sickness or disease, you can be healed. No matter what the sickness, the malady, the infirmity, no matter how long, whatever stage they may have put it in, you can still be healed. We have to get that in our thinking. We have to get that in our minds and in our hearts so it can begin to take root in our being. There's no such thing as incurable. That's, that's man's definition. Those are man's words. They shouldn't be in our vocabulary. We just got through singing all these wonderful, wonderful songs, glory, power. You don't even believe that. Both now and you, you got to really believe. That's why it's important to sing it so it gets down in you, so it becomes a part of your reality. These are, this is not entertainment. The first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're going to entertain you while everybody gets to church, people coming in late. No. This ain't what that's about. Jesus was wounded 
for our rebellious acts. Write that down. All of us. Rebellion, just rebellious, just just determined to do what you want to do, even though God told you it's not going to work out. (laughs) That's what rebellion is. Our children do that. But we don't realize that God is letting us see how we are through our children. Don't say amen, say ouch. Just don't understand why your children don't know that what you said is for the best for them. What, 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 what? Sit down, son. Don't you? I ain't trying to hurt you. I've lived longer than you. Don't you understand? This is for your God. Well, you're just trying to stop me from having fun. You don't understand. That's stuff we be telling God. It's rebellion. Everything God wrote in his word is for our good. Everything. As soon as we start making excuses why we shouldn't do it, you're in rebellion. That's why Jesus was beat. Because you and I should have been beat. Tell somebody there's some whoopings you didn't get. Jesus got. There's a whooping. There's a real bad one you didn't get. Jesus got it for you and me. There's a real bad. Oh, my God. Some of y'all need a whooping right now. Look at you. <laughs> Ain't no switch up here. I'm just going to preach the word. Word might hit you every now and then. Pow, but it's going to be good. <laughs> Jesus was beaten because we needed a beating. Jesus took the beating for us. My mother used to say, a hard head make a soft behind. That's that old wisdom. Some of y'all young people need to hear these old phrases. We grew up here. Hard head make a soft behind. <laughs> He was crushed for our sins. He was crushed. He was crushed. Not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. None of us, we can only imagine. Let me me say it that way. We We can only imagine what it would be like to be God put on flesh, get dirty, sweaty, smelly, hungry, thirsty. You made everything. You created everything. And then people talk about you, spit on you, slap you. That, that's crushing. That, 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 that's hard. Some of us are struggling because most of our lives, people didn't believe in us. It's quiet now. It's a crushing thing to not be believed in. It's deeply painful. It's internally painful to live among people that don't believe in you. And all you came to do is help them. But they never interpret your help as help. This is how some of y'all parents feel. After everything they did, you still don't love them. That's crushing for your love to be misinterpreted. There's healing in here right now. There's healing in the house. 
there's healing going to you because you've been crushed by people you came to bless. That's what Jesus endured. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so we could have peace. Whatever amount of peace you have, it's because of the hell Jesus went through. Write, write this down. My peace cost Jesus a lot. My peace cost Jesus a lot. Our peace isn't free, my brothers, my sisters. It costs somebody, and that somebody is Jesus. And then lastly, which is the main point of these series of teachings, write this down. And we received healing from his wounds. Hallelujah. We receive healing because of his wounds. My God. You know, the sin of unbelief in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, what makes it such a horrendous offense against God is that after all the things Jesus went through that everyone experiences, whether they believe in him or not, everyone benefited from the entrance, I'll say it that way, of Jesus into our world. Everyone. So to deny that is sin. See, see, you've been focusing on stuff that you do when the real issue is how you believe and what you worship. Oh, well, that's another message right there. <laughs> you got to be mature to hear I'm just going gonna, gonna to say it, I'm going to move on, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stir your, your curiosity. You know, the church for, for generations has made things like smoking cigarettes a sin, especially in certain holiness and Pentecostal <laughs> circles. If you smoke, oh God, you smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Oh God, that's the devil. Now listen, cigarettes, you know, cause cancer. I ain't got to tell you all that. It ain't good for you, but let me tell you something. You think God is more concerned about you smoking cigarettes than who you worship? See, it's people that major on the minors. And it's the things the devil wants to distract the church from so we don't walk in true power. <laughs> Well, since I stepped in it, let me just say one more thing. This is going to really shake you. You ready? Now get yourself stable now. This is going to hit you. And I'm going to leave it open-ended. So you, you can pray all you want, try to interpret what I, what I really think. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to say this statement. 
Look at what the enemy is doing right now using Roe v. Wade in the church. You got people that love Jesus divided over Roe v. Wade. Do you think, now, is, now listen, do you think, let me say it this way, let me say it this way, and I, I didn't intend to do this. Um, write this down, write, write this scripture down, write down, um, write down Proverbs chapter 6, read the whole chapter, uh, write down Ezekiel chapter 8. Now, real quickly, I didn't mean to go there, but God be the glory. See, see, we focus, we have been trained, taught, conditioned to focus on sins against God. And sins are obviously very important because it's in the Bible. But abominations are worse than sins. So the devil uses the world to cause us to focus on sin and we ignore abominations. Remember, remember, remember that word. Remember, remember, God had me started telling you that we have to remember what's important to God. And in order to know what's important to God, we got to know what he says. We can't keep going by what the, somebody said and the history book said. And I always heard it said. And my mama said it. and My daddy said it. What does God say is important? That's what the church needs to focus on now is what God says is important, not what man society or the culture says is important. These four things that I just mentioned are a major part of the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Those are four things. So I mentioned four things, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. These, those four things are dependent upon these four things. Four is the number of the earth. These are things that are important on earth. Beings in heaven don't need salvation. Healing. That's for beings or creatures or creation on earth. <laughs> it was and is the stripes. Write down the word stripes. By his stripes. It was his stripes. Stripes are blows. Stripes, wounds come from blows. Jesus was hit. He was beaten. He was wounded. He blows to his body that created the stripes on his body. Those are the things that made us healed. So when you renew your mind to the degree that your faith gets stronger, whenever sickness attacks your body, you equate it to a stripe that was on Jesus, and you say, because of that stripe on his body, that's got to leave my body. Because of the stripes on his body, this has to leave my body. I'm speaking healing right now.
Isaiah 53, verse number four. Surely. I used to tease Mother Shirley when I used to say that. She's sitting over there. Surely, Mother Shirley. But surely is different than surely. Surely means most definitely, positively, without question, he hath borne our griefs. There is no question about it. Jesus Christ is a real person. And these things that were written about him really happened. This is not Marvel or DC. He definitely bore our griefs. That word griefs there means sicknesses. He carried our sicknesses. He carried our sorrows. That word sorrows there means pain and sorrow because sorrow comes from pain. And he goes on to say, Isaiah says, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Write this down, please. Jesus bore. That word bore there means to lift off and carry away. Jesus bore. He lifted off of us sickness, disease, and carried it away. As well as our sins. But we're focusing on sickness because, again, it's easy for many believers to think and hold on to the fact that Jesus carried our sins away. Put them in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be. That's good. And it's true. But you need to understand that Jesus carried your sicknesses away, too. He lifted them off of you and I and he carried them away. You, I, we as believers should not be carrying sickness around. Especially as a badge. Oh, it's true now, now, because, you know, you run into some saints. Before you say hello, they're going to tell you everything they're going through and everything the devil did. That's a badge. You want attention by sympathy instead of getting attention by faith. You can't around more pills in your purse than word in your heart. They say <clears throat> that Muslims pray five times a day. But instead of you praying, you taking medicine. Oops, time to take it. Five times a day. Don't get mad at me, just love me. You can't stop me. Jesus lifted off of humanity, off mankind and carried away sickness. Just like he lifted off of humanity, sin, put it on his back and walked off with it. That's why it's a sin not to confess your sin. Because you're saying Jesus didn't carry your sin. I think, I believe it's wrong to carry sickness since we know Jesus carried it for us. 
So this is what it means to bear our griefs. It means to carry our sicknesses, our maladies. What are maladies? Maladies not only include the sickness, but the feeling, the bad feeling sickness brings. Oh, yes. Let me say by faith today that you allow God by his power to remove all the malady, all the bad feelings that you have as a result of a sickness. Headaches, dizziness, go in the name of Jesus. Fatigue, go in the name of Jesus. A stiff knee, go in the name of Jesus. Pain in your back, go in the name of Jesus. Sleeplessness, go. Every malady, you got to go. Every bad feeling that's the result of a sickness or disease, go. Even worry and anxiety, you have to go in the name of Jesus. You cannot stay. Jesus carried it away. I will not hold on to what Jesus carried away. Some of you know, many of you know, exactly what I mean when I say this. You can be diagnosed with something and have a day you feel no pain at all, like it's not even there. That's the malady. So what I'm telling you, even though you may have a sickness, you don't have to walk around like you're in pain because of it. You're still going to be able to function. You're still going to be a good husband, father, mother, auntie, grandma, brother, sister. I rebuke all malady, all pain and discomfort and every bad feeling that's messing with your mind, keeping you from being what you're called to be. I can't tell you. Literally, I'm not making this up. And this is no hyperbole. I can't tell you. There's no way to tell you how many times I got up to preach and I was sick or in pain. But while I was preaching and teaching the gospel, that malady, that feeling left me. And I didn't even know when it left. I just started feeling normal and the power of God kicked in. That's what I declare over you today. That if you get up and get busy doing what God called you to do, you won't feel the pain. You won't feel bad. You won't feel tired. You'll feel energized. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Somebody say, my strength is returning. Say it like you mean it. Walking around here feeling bad. I'm saved. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How dare you not smile? How dare you not have a joke? Mary Hart, do it good like a medicine. Be somebody's medicine. Tell somebody, be somebody's medicine. Stop telling folk bad news and gossiping. Did you hear the latest? Be somebody's medicine. Say something that'll bring joy to somebody. Hallelujah to God. Hear this. My brother.
brothers and my sisters, Jesus willingly took away everything that damages mankind. Wow. Everything. Why do you think when Jesus was born, the angels came and announced it in heaven, oh my God, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You don't even know how good you got it. Angels had to come and, oh my God. Here's the thing, though. Please write this down. Jesus cannot take sin that we don't repent of. Jesus cannot take away sin that's unrepented of. It doesn't matter how bad we feel about it. Until we repent, he will not move. So repentance triggers grace. We already said that faith is the currency of the kingdom, so we're not excluding faith. We've already told you that you need faith. But Jesus cannot forgive anyone who does not repent of their sins. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, neither can Jesus take sickness we carry ourselves. Selah. You ever try to help somebody? I mean, here we are, again, just using the season, you know, you, you know you're buying a bunch of meat and water and, and, you know, juices and whatever, refreshments for your, for your, for your, for your guests. And uh, you load your truck up and you get home. If, if you don't Get your half-grown kids to help you unload it. You're going to end up carrying them burdens yourself. And if you're anything like I was raised, if I pay for these burdens, somebody's going to come out here and get them out the car. <laughs> I ain't going to buy them, carry them out the store. And you, and you sit up there playing video games? But if you never ask them, you will keep carrying them yourself. And they will let you carry them. They'll let you cook it. They'll let you prepare it. And if you sit there and if you let them bake, they'll let you feed them. (laughs) Oh, man, we started something up in here today. It's going to be a different kind of celebration. (laughs) Jesus cannot carry sicknesses that we choose to carry ourselves. Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He don't force himself on you. If you want to stay sick, that's on you. But when you begin to know, realize, and then actualize The fact that Jesus carries my sickness 
it changes your whole way of thinking and living. I'm not afraid to go to the doctor to hear what he or she has to say. Okay, Jesus, you got to carry that. <laughs> okay, Jesus, they say I got, okay, they say that. Well, you know what you got to do. Because I'm not walking out of this hospital with that. I'm not walking out of this room. I'm not walking out of here with that. First Peter 5, 7. First Peter 5, 7. Casting our cares on him because he cares for us. Casting, casting. That word casting there means throwing, placing upon Jesus. You got to take the ugly, sinful, wicked sickness and disease that's been thrown on you and you got to throw it on Jesus. You got to cast it on him. In the words of an old worldly song, you got to drop it like it's hot. I ain't holding on to that. God, take that. Uh -uh, I'm throwing that on you. I'm not carrying that. I'm not walking around with that in my mind, in my head. The doctor said, you don't need you get too much sunlight. Oh, I got to close the curtains. The doctor said, more water. Oh, I got to drink all this water. I'm not carrying all that. I'm not going to get on the phone and tell 25 people what bad news I just got from the doctor. I'm not carrying that. I'm going to tell people that's praying for me, and then I'm going to give them scripture, then pray this scripture. This is what I'm believing. This is what I'm saying. And then I want to make sure I got people around me saying the same thing. Casting. Somebody shout casting. casting. It's some stuff you got to throw away today. There are things that we have to throw away today. You were never meant to carry that. You've been carrying it too long. Throw it away. Throw it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus and leave it alone. Casting, throwing all your cares upon him. Him being Jesus. Why? Because he cares. Jesus cares about you. Jesus cares about us. Do you understand? He cares about our well-being. He does. He wants us whole. He wants us well. That's why he came. <laughs> That's why he came. That's why he went through everything. Why are you still going through some of this stuff? Can I tell you what it is? At the least, sickness and disease is a distraction. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. If the enemy can keep the saints sick, he keeps the saints distracted because most of your attention will be on you getting healed instead of you bringing healing to other people. Then you go to work and everybody's sad because you're in the hospital and all they talk about is you being in the hospital and you never get a chance to talk about Jesus. It's a trick. It's a distraction at the least. And then it creates anxiety. No one was <laughs> created to be sick and full of disease. So it 
produces anxiety in those that are sick. And I won't go any further. I won't go any further into that. Talking about date set when the doctor says, you got six months, you got nine months. If you don't do that, that, that creates anxiety. When you kind of reduce the rest of your life down to nine months, that's impossible. You go to think about, okay, who do I need to call? Who do I need to, okay, what do I need to get straight? Okay, there's my insurance. Okay, I got it. Ooh, I ain't talked to, ooh, man, just my son and daughter. That's anxiety. That's why you got to get rid of that. Throw it to Jesus. Because he cares. Write this down. He cares. God is interested in you. God is interested in you. He's interested in our well-being, as I said. Why? Because our well-being matters to God. God doesn't want anybody all confused and whacked out because you're taking drugs and you drove down the street and forgot where you was going. You got to call your son. Because you've been taking too much medication? God is concerned about your well-being. Is that another way? I got to walk down here on this one. Hmm. Since God is concerned about our well-being, and he is, it's time that we become more concerned about our well-being. Listen, man, how can I say this? So, um, Pastor and I learned through fasting and prayer over the many years, we learned our bodies. It's one of the things, one of the tremendous benefits of fasting and pray. You'll learn your own physical body. So, more than once, but recently, this is why it came up. Recently, I was in a meeting and I noticed someone, their corner of their eye was bloodshot. And I was going to pray for them and talk to them at the meeting. I missed it, called them, and I asked them to check their blood pressure. And I pray that they did. I'm going to ask them later. And, and I proceeded to tell them that, that when you learn your body, you'll be able to tell. And, and I, I can tell when my sugar is low. I remember when I was back at Abbott 25 years ago, and we used to fast and pray all the time. And uh, I, I, you know, I was I was doing that, and I was working, and I got dizzy. Now, so I went to the nurse, and the nurse said, "My God, your sugar is so low. You're barely alive. Let me go get you some 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 a donut." I said, "No." I was real deep and spiritual back then. 
That was real deep, super spiritual. Shanda, that's the devil. <laughs> Should have ate that donut, at least drank some orange juice. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody with type one. Anyway, I learned my body. When I'm fast, I can, can tell, oh, I need this, I need that. I don't need this. I don't need that. I can even tell to this day when my blood pressure gets up if I've eaten some pork that Pastor David don't like for me to eat. <laughs> Why am I saying all this? If you don't know how much God cares about you, You'll eat anything, you'll drink anything, you'll smoke anything, you'll go anywhere because you don't know God cares about what's going to happen to you by what you're doing. When you start realizing how much God cares about you, you start caring more about yourself. And when you care more about yourself, then you start caring more about other people. The reason some of y'all don't care about nobody, because you don't care about you. You'll put anything in you. You'll drink anything. You'll go anywhere. You'll smoke anything. So you don't care what nobody else do. So that's why you say, well, I don't get in nobody's business, because you don't care about nobody. <laughs> you care about people, you go get in their business. Look, you will get mad. I love you, though. See, that's why y'all looking like y'all. Y'all don't do this stuff no more. We don't do this. I, mean, I don't need that. You, I heard what you said, Reverend, but I don't need that. So the world going to keep deteriorating because anybody going to say anything. Because we don't care enough about our own well-being. I'm going to say this. I don't think he'll get mad. He's all the way in California. But Prophet Rob Sanchez, friends, many years of the family. His daughter learned how his oldest daughter walked in our house for the first time. And when they first, he first used to come, he was overweight. And uh, he preached all over the country, all over the world. And, he, and uh, all of a sudden, he just got fit. And so one day I said, Rob, what happened? He said, he said, Apostle, he said, I had, you know, a guy traveling with me all over, and he's there to help me. And we sat down and ate after church and going to these restaurants like a lot of preachers do. And he said, I had already eaten, and then I ordered some more. And the waiter brought it, and he took it. He, he said he took the, right in front of me, he took the food, man. He said, you're not eating that. He said, man, you work for me. What do you, he, and he said, I love you too much to let you kill yourself. He said, man, I broke down and started crying. Changed my life. He had enough courage to care about my well-being. Lift your hands right now. Who do you have to confront because you care about their well-being? Because you know God cares about their well-being. God cares that they do well. God is interested in your health. He's the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's not the one that makes you sick. He's the one that makes us whole. And if he's in your life, if he's in my life, then we ought to be focused on health, healing, and wholeness. God is interested in you. 
God is interested in us. That's the whole reason Jesus came. He didn't want to leave us in the condition that we were in. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, and in every possible way. It matters to God that you and I be whole. Matthew 8, 16, 17, when even was come, they brought unto him many, many. They brought many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. He cast devils out with the word. He didn't lay hands. He didn't throw oil on them. He spoke a word and commanded the devils to come out, and they came out and healed all that were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isaiah said it had to be fulfilled. Why are you carrying your sickness and your disease? You are keeping scripture from being fulfilled. Somebody needs to see you get healed so scripture can be fulfilled in their eyes. Somebody needs to see a miracle in your life so they can believe the word of God as truth. Why are you keeping the scriptures from being fulfilled in your life? Because you're carrying what you should give to Jesus. He gets the glory. I've said this. I believe it. I'm going to say it again. That's why in my short lifetime, the healing ministry has been the most criticized, lambasted, the most dogged out ministry of all. Because once you get healed, once God does a miracle in your body, nobody can talk you out of the power of God. That's why the devil don't want healing ministries to rise up again. That's why the science and technology industry wants to make us seem crazy because we believe in divine healing. Well, I'll be crazy for Jesus because I believe he still heals today. Hebrews 13 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever he still heals supernaturally. Hey, God. He still heals. Now you can, hey, if I need to get healed, if you got to blow me over, blow on me, and throw a tire, I don't care what you do. Now watch this. The reason over the years I slowly backed away from laying hands on everybody is because I want your faith to mature. Because I don't want you looking for me for my hands every time you sit. Hishba. Hey God, hallelujah. I want you to be able to hear the word of God and get healed. That way you can get the scripture and speak it over yourself and be healed. You don't need me. Hallelujah. I'm just a teacher. I'm a facilitator. I'm trying to get you to get your faith in God. So when the word is spoken over your life, boom. 
got to wait till I get to church. Got to wait for my man of God. Uh, obviously, there are times and that may be necessary, but I'm trying to mature you. So like the, mature, <laughs> the centurion in Matthew 8, he said, Jesus, you ain't got to go to my house. Uh-uh. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. You ain't got to come to my house. We ain't got to straighten up and we ain't got to get no iced tea made for you and go through all that. Just speak the word. Somebody say, speak the word, Jesus. Say, speak the word, Jesus. Say, speak your word over my life, and I'll be healed. It's another thing that made superstars out of preachers, because you lining up to let them touch you. You left Jesus at home and went to a building for a man to touch you. He himself, boy, I'm not, listen, just be honest, I ain't trying to bear none of your sicknesses. If you think I am, you got me wrong. Jesus bore our sickness and carried ours. Jesus did that. That's why I can stand here and say I've been healed every time. Some of you seen God take me through the process because I believe him. Again, Matthew 8, 16, 17. When even was come, they brought him many, not a few, many that were possessed of devils and he cast the spirits out with his word. He commanded them to come out and he healed all. He healed all. Jesus didn't say, oh, you you can't be healed today. Sorry. See you at seven in the morning. Jesus ain't Starbucks. He healed them all. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah, the prophet saying he himself, himself took our infirmity. He did it. It was personal. Your healing is personal to Jesus. Your deliverance is personal to Jesus. He took it. So as we know, demons oppress people with sicknesses and diseases. So when demons are cast out, often, many times, diseases go with them. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) forced demons out by speaking a command. In commanding the demons to leave, they got delivered from whatever the demon caused in their lives. Now, simply stated, but yet it needs to be repeated, Jesus was without sin. Let's say that together. Ready? Say it. Jesus was without sin, but he took our sins upon himself. That doesn't make him a sinner. Big difference. Just like when you come back from the grocery store and your children unload the car. 
They weren't the shopper. You pay for that. They're the unloader. Oh, they're going to get some of it, but they didn't pay for it. They don't bear any responsibility for the manifestation of it. Jesus was not a sinner, but he took on our sin, so he took the responsibility of our sin on him. Do you not realize that your sin, whatever you say your name out loud, say your name, James. Every sin that you just mentioned that you did, Jesus took it on himself. Every sin you did in the past, every sin you'll do in the future, Jesus carried that. <laughs> so Jesus was not a sinner, yet he took our sins upon himself. Write this down. Jesus was never sick either. You'll never read in Scripture Jesus being sick because he never was. <laughs> Yet he took our sickness and our disease. First Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin if you're dead to sin and he carried our sin and our sickness then you and I should be dead to sickness and disease stop believing every time oh I believe I got this how come you got that I, I, I listen I, Jesus I know a lot of it's cultural, and particularly now, oh God, with all these pharmaceutical companies trying to pump everybody for the drugs, they're going to have all these wonderful commercials, everybody skipping down the street, and you got to take this medicine, and then, and then at the end, you have, you get, you know, side effects. But you hate, oh God, I, I got tired just thinking about one of them commercials. I, I get to the point, I have to turn that. I don't have that. Stop putting that on. I ain't got that. You're going to make me think I got that. That's what they're doing. They're making sickness normal. That's why messages like this rub against the grain. I don't know how many of y'all done offended already. Who his own self bare, carried, took away, took it off us, put it on him. Our sins in his own body on the tree that we, that repented, that we being dead to sins should live to righteousness. The only reason we can live righteous is because he took our sins. And then he goes on to say, by whose stripes we were healed. Past tense. In God's mind, you're not sick. So why are you sick in your mind? Well, somebody might say, 
ah, sounds real good, preacher, but I know people that are sick. I know people that died that are sick. I, I, help me understand what you're saying. I, I believe the Bible, but I can't ignore what I've seen and what I know. Really? Good. Got good news for you. Somebody say good news. Good news. Um, the reason I am a gospel preacher is because I bring good news. That's what gospel means. It's the good news. Unfortunately, what you've heard too much of and put your faith in is bad news. The Bible tells us, let me read it. Second Corinthians, read it with me. Turn in your Bible or your electronic device. I'm almost finished. Second Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, if the good news is hid, if you don't get it, if you don't understand it, if my gospel, if the gospel I'm preaching about Christ the healer, if it's hidden from you, if you don't understand it, if you don't see it, if you don't get it, it's because what? You're lost. In whom, verse 4, the God of this world has blinded your minds. The world got your mind. You believe the world more than you believe the scriptures. That's why you can't hardly grab this. The God of this world has blinded not your eyes, your mind. You can't rationalize this. You can't get it in your head and understand it as truth. You're wrestling. You're struggling. You got too many but and what's and ifs and this. And, yeah, though he got your mind. I feel like getting in somebody's face and he got your mind. The God, the little G God, I told you when we got started, there are other gods. The little G God of this world has your mind and not the big G God because you don't read the big G God's word enough. You hear too much of the little G God, so you believe what he said. So it's hard to get this. This is hard for you. Because the God of this world. That's why... Hmm. It's time to come back to church because you're sitting at home listening to the little G God and you're wasting away. And you need to come around people that fellowship in the presence of the big G God. So when we hug you, we put more of the big G God, his anointing and presence on you. You need to see other people getting healed so you can continue to have faith for your healing. You need to see other people come up out of. I mean, you saw me walk up here in October. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm talking about me. God had to keep me on my feet. I almost had Elder James bring me that stool. I was like, I'm finna fall out any minute. And then I got full of Cecilia. I ain't gonna bring my mama. I got, I said, no, I'm gonna, if I fall, he gonna, I'm, I'm gonna fall. But he gonna hold me up. Cause I'm doing this, what I'm called to do. I believe he's gonna hold me up to do what he's called me to do. I don't believe he's gonna let me fall doing what he, I don't believe he's gonna let me fail obeying him. Are you hearing me, somebody? He's not gonna let you fall obeying him. He's not gonna let you fail obeying him. He's gonna give you the strength every single time. That's why we read the scriptures to find out how God always gives strength to those that obey him. 
So if this good news is hidden from you, there's a reason it's hidden from you. The little G God of this world has blinded your mind so you don't believe this. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, there is a penetrating light that's coming from this word I'm teaching. That's coming from this word I'm preaching. It's a light that penetrates darkness. It's a light of the glory of God that wants to come into your life. It's the light of the power of God that's about to enter into your life to reveal to you the image of God. The real big G God. Because the God you've been serving is not the real God. It's a small God. The Jesus you've been serving is another Jesus. Like Paul said. Because Jesus heals. Jesus heals. And he wants to heal you right now. These revelations, though, are hidden from those who are perishing. Those who are perishing are people that are ignorant of God's word. You don't, you don't want it. So you're yet dying while you live. But those of us that are full of faith and the Holy Ghost, we are living while we live again. Mm. All right. My last few scriptures. Man. Mm, mm, mm. Psalm 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. God heals the broken in heart. And he binds up their wounds. The very reason that man looks to drugs and alcohol and gambling and all these other distractions and partying is because they fail to receive healing from Jesus. So they have to anathematize themselves. It's, it's self-anesthesia. They're numbing their pain. That's all, it, that's all it is. I, I remember when I used to be on drugs and sell drugs. I was telling Pastor Deborah back in the day when I used to sell reefer how I used to do it. You know, I just was remembering. I hadn't thought about it in many years. But, you know, back in the day, some of y'all remember this language. Logan got the fire. And so when I had the fire, everybody was looking for Logan because I had the fire weed. Back when you used to put them little dime bags, you know. So anyway... So she asked me, why did I sell? You know, was it some deep? No, I said, no, I sold reefer because I like to smoke it. And I realized if I bought a pound and sold it, I could smoke for free. I ain't going to look at nobody, Elder Vernon. There's <laughs> some folk who didn't know what I'm talking about. For real, for real. I ain't going to talk about nobody, Elder James. but <laughs> I don't know why God gave me all these ex-drug dealers and stuff <laughs> Because I was one little bit taste taste. But anyway, so here's my point. <laughs> Glory to God. God will heal you. Sometimes, this, this, this is not going to make some of you excited. Sometimes God will allow us to get to the end of ourselves. Hmm. 
before he does the miraculous. Because sometimes, my brothers and sisters, the journey is more important than the destination. See, sometimes we might think the physical disease is what's killing us when really it's an emotional disease. And God takes us through all the time to heal the emotional disease because if he healed the physical disease, we'd still die from the emotional wounds that we never got healed from. Somebody just lift your hands right there. Just, just lift your hands. There's so much healing in here. Is there a balm? The balm of Gilead is in here. There's some emotional scars that we've been carrying around. You've been using emotional crutches, whether it be drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be. They're emotional. Pornography can be an emotional crutch. You, 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 you. You need genuine intimacy. You don't know how to get it. So you get it artificially. And it's not healing you. But this morning, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to minister to right where you are so you can be healed, so you can be whole. Jesus is carrying our sicknesses, He carried it to the cross. He's no longer carrying them. Now he's interceding over them, but he's no longer carrying them. When he was nailed to the tree, when he was nailed to the cross, and he said, it is finished, all sin was forgiven. All sickness and disease was healed. Now he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying that we get it. He's praying that we get the revelation. He's praying that we would understand we don't have to carry sickness and disease around any longer. It is not the will of God that you and I be sick, diseased, infirmed, full of malady, bad feelings. Now those bad feelings have transferred over to people that help you that try to help you. I've been a pastor long enough to watch that in the hospital. Folk that's trying to help their loved ones get cussed out by the one you're trying to help. We got all these unresolved issues. Everyone stand. I'm going to stop. Everyone stand. Keep your hands lifted. We got all these unresolved issues because we don't know how much God loves us and we don't know how to let him love us. We don't know how to let him carry all to Jesus I surrender Lord I give myself to you. Come on, give him yourself. Give him yourself. Come on. Worldly treasures. I don't remember the words exactly. I'm making them up as I go, Sean. You play, hey, we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Come on, give him yourself. That's why we have to sing these songs over and over again. It's these, these hymns got me close to Jesus as a young boy. 
Come on, surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Thee I freely give. Come on, give Him your sickness. I know you want to give Him your sin. I know you want to give Him your problems. And you want to give Him your, your, your husband you're mad at, your kids. But no, today, right now, give Him your sickness. Give Him your disease. Give him your sin. Give him every malady, everything that's causing you pain, everything that's distracting you, everything that's holding up your purpose and your destiny. Jesus, we surrender. We surrender. If there's sickness in your body, step to the altar if you want me to lay hands on you. I don't want to ignore you if you need that kind of touch today, but the word of God has already gone forward. And I believe as I always do that the word works, the word works. And I just want you to receive. I just want you to be in a mindset of receptivity right now. I want you to begin to receive right now. I want you to begin to do things that may have been painful for you to do. I want you to begin to think and see yourself doing what you couldn't do before that infirmity hit you. I want you to begin to imagine, oh, this isn't, this isn't a, 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 a mind control or none of that. I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to see yourself made in the image and in the likeness of God. I want you to see that you're not made in the image and likeness of failure, flaws and faults. I want you to see yourself changing. I want you to see transformation beginning to happen in your life. I want you to see the power of God all over you bringing healing. I, it may be heat for somebody. It may be coldness for somebody else, maybe somebody else. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just want you to begin to believe. Deacon Pierce was praying before service about this altar and the, the, the number of souls that have been saved at this altar. The people that have been healed at this altar. The people that have got out of wheelchairs at this altar. Demons that have come out at this altar. This is the same altar you're standing at right now. It's the same God that did it for them that's ready to do it for you. I want you to see that. I want you to know that. I want you to believe that because the power of Almighty God. Pastor Deborah, would you join me here, please? The power of God is here to heal. The power of God is here to set free. The power of God is here because he's concerned about you. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about you, mother. He's concerned about you, mother.
Listen, let me say this to you while they're playing. Listen. I mentioned this the other day, last week, Wednesday, maybe it was. Listen, God sent Isaiah the prophet to Hezekiah's house, told him, get your house in order, you're going to die. Get your house in order. It's over. And the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and he wept sore and he began to pray he couldn't make it to church he couldn't call an elder couldn't call his pastor Isaiah had already left he had already given him the word of the Lord Hezekiah turned his face to the wall in humility in embarrassment and he wept sore and he began to say to God he began to pray say God I lived I'm paraphrasing I lived the best way I know how I've done everything I thought you asked me to do I wasn't foul. I wasn't rebellious. I did the best that I could. And the Bible says God heard his prayer. And before the prophet could leave the, chap- uh, the, the palace, God told him to go back. And so Isaiah goes back and God gives him 15 more years. You know what that tells me? That shows me God really is concerned about our wholeness, about our future. And I believe somebody in here today that may have been told that it's over. Somebody in here that may have believed that it's over. It's not over for you. God is going to give you 15 more years because of your heart, because of your service, because of your commitment to him. And I believe if you humble yourself like Hezekiah, if you say, God, I've done the best I know how. God, I've not been backslidden. I've not been slack concerning my faith. I've walked by faith and not by sight. I don't deserve to die too soon. I want to live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. If you'll let me live, I'll glorify your name. Come on, somebody lift your hands in here. If you give me some more years, I'll use them for your glory. No more playing church. No more playing church. I will use them for your glory. Father, I thank you today that cancer is being dried up. Father, I thank you today that terminal illnesses are being canceled in the name of Jesus. I believe you today that you are Christ the healer and that we are your children, the sheep of your pasture. And I thank you, Father, that you are concerned about everything that concerns us. Somebody shout, I will live and not die. I got work to do for God. The power of God is in my life for miracle signs and wonders. Let it happen today as Jesus bore my sicknesses in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.